Opening up. Into a new episode of drama with the phenomenal Natasha Yvette Williams. She is the star of Waitress. She's been the star of Chicago, and she's going to be in the upcoming Chicken and Biscuits on Broadway. And we were delighted to have her on the podcast. I'm gagged. And listen, we talk about so many topics on this episode with Natasha. But if you want a little more drama in your life, we were actually released two episodes a week. The other one's on our bonus content platform called Patreon which you can find at patreon.com backslash the drama podcast, where for $5 a month, you get at least four bonus episodes a month. That's right. In addition to the four we release or five, depending on the month, you'll get four more. And it's usually just Dylan and I talking with hot topics. We spill the tea. We break bread. We pour the wine. We go in deep and it is so fun and you're going to absolutely love it. Patreon.com backslash the drama podcast, $5 a month. That's right. People say they come for the drama, but they stay for Patreon. So oh. we really hope you'll come and check it out. Conrad are unfiltered and raw and just have the best time. And we even spill tidbits about behind the scenes from our time with our guests. We really hope you'll consider checking it out. Just check out the link in our bio. Now enjoy Natasha and get yourself some chicken and biscuits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to taste the shade and tea to spill. Ooh, Ooh drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got numb? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will, will we talk, talk to today? today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life. In, in New, New York, York City, City and, and the, the world. world. I'm Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. Connor, how are you tonight? I'm great, but you know, I'm emotional because this is the last pod we're going to record before I officially move back to the city. You're so, leaving Cleveland behind. I know. After all this time, for what I thought was going to be two weeks, three weeks in the beginning of March 2020, turned into this this journey. And, you know, I can't help but wax poetic about those early days of quarantine. You know, I really didn't know what was ahead. Yeah. And I'm emotional. I mean, I'm leaving the dog that we adopted last fall. She's going to stay with our parents. Yes. I'm not going to bring her to the city. I know and that'll be tough for you. It's been hard for me just being two hours away. I know. But I'm I'm grateful to be here, you know, embarking on this next journey, this next yes. chapter in my life. And I'm sad that we won't be in the same state again, but it's okay. I know. Well, maybe soon. You never know. You never know. Um, but I'm excited to visit you in the city. But, you know, I think what's helped me when I moved from home to Columbus was being able to hold on to like those comfort TV shows or movies or things like that that really remind me of home. And and an example is definitely The Real Housewives of Potomac that is in ah. full swing right now. The mid-season trailer just dropped. But, so when this comes out, there'll be have been more craziness going on. But I need to know, what are you thinking of the season so far? It's incredible. Yeah. How, how do they deliver every week on the level that they deliver? Every know. single woman is bringing it. Robin's really bringing it this season. There are more is to come, especially with all the wand stuff. And I really appreciate her. She's talking about depression. She's talking about what happened during the pandemic. And whether she has the language for it or not, it's nice to see a representation of a lot of us were really sad for a long time and slept in a little longer than we used to. But I got to say, me, me, my girl, Ashley Darby <laughs> is, is doing the Lord's work in this most recent episode where she came in on the Williamsburg trip for one day and she managed to move the pieces around, figure out what was going on with Giselle and Wendy and everything. It was insane. It was amazing. She's a top tier housewife Mm -hmm. for sure. 
and you the know strength that she had to leave behind her new baby. I know. And she's theme. committed. She's committed to mm-hmm. the craft. She is. Oh my she God. <laughs> what do you think about Escala? Do you think she's got what it takes to get a full, full-time champagne flute or whatever they hold at the beginning? A full-time Don't they wife? hold cherry blossoms? I think it's champagne. You're right. I think it Charisse is. Remember in her champagne room? Yes. Oh my goodness. I wonder if she quarantined in the champagne room. <laughs> Um, anyway, she was prepared for the pandemic. She was. That's for sure. I like Escala. I don't know enough about her yet, but I think that she's definitely fun and she contributes. Whereas I feel as though sometimes other, sometimes the friends don't always bring it in certain ways, but. Mm-hmm. On Atlanta, they all have like three friends each that always go on the cast trips. Oh, really? It's crazy. Yes. The cast trips are like 15 people deep. Oh, wow. Well, there's, there's never a dull moment. And this next half of the season looks even better. So I cannot wait. And you're right. Yeah. I will treasure Potomac yes. in my in my lonely moments. And for an hour every week, I will just, you know, feel at home with my friends. You know, mm-hmm. I always say that whenever the Potomac women, unlike any of the other housewives, they feel like family. They feel like my friends. I'm comforted when they walk in the room. I'm like, oh, there's my friend. I think it's because they're themselves. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's really they're not nice. actresses like the women in the Beverly Hills one. They're not necessarily... I mean, they are moguls, but they're not necessarily living that Upper East Side life that a lot of the New York women do. They, they're they incredible. And they, they do all have brands and everything, but they're still wonderful. And I love it. And I, I think our guest today has some thoughts about Potomac that we might have to jump into. We'll see. We'll see. But you know what? Our guest is a new friend. Yes. And I feel comforted with her. Me you know? I always have. I've always felt like I was in good hands anytime we were lucky enough to see her in Waitress. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Dylan, would you do us the honor of reading her in. I will, I will. Okay. <laughs> Opening up on our guest today, a bona fide Broadway star, mother and queen. This fall, she is appearing in the Broadway premiere of Chicken and Biscuits by Douglas Lyons. You'll know her immense talent and powerhouse voice from her return trips to the diner in Waitress on Broadway and the West End as Becky. She slayed as a regular Mama Morton in Chicago, even appearing on NBC's Best of Broadway special. Lucky audiences were also treated to her performances in The Gershwin's Porky and Bess, The Color Purple, A Night with Janis Joplin, and Dessa Rose in NYC, among so much more. She's appeared across the country in Seussical, Xanadu, The Drowsy Chaperone, All Shook Up, Parade, Rodgers and Hammerstein, Cinderella, and Showboat. The West End was also treated to her performance in Gone with the Wind, the musical version. Regional appearances include Hairspray and Ain't Misbehavin' at Paper Mill Playhouse, and the title role in Mahalia, a gospel musical at our home, the Cleveland Playhouse. You might even recognize her from TV appearances on The Good Fight as one of the jurors just recently, FBI, New Amsterdam, Orange is the New Black, Godfather of Harlem, and much more. Her voice has elevated symphonies, orchestras, and even recording studios. She has released a gospel recording project, Songs That Carry Me Through, some old, some new. <laughs> Please welcome to drama, Natasha, Natasha Yvette-Williams! Yay! Hi, everybody! I'm so glad to be with you guys. This is great. It's a treat for us. As you can tell, we, and as we talked a little bit, we are true fans of yours. And so this is truly a delight. Thank you. Thank you. Have you been watching The Real Housewives of the Potomac? Listen, I saw it the other night for the first time. I've never seen it. And I don't watch The Housewives. I like watched them a long time ago. And I'm just never home. I was just never home to watch TV. Now, obviously, we've all been home for 19 months. <laughs> but I didn't start it. But the other night, I forgot what I was doing. And I was just up in my room, which I'm never there either. And I was in the bed. And I turned on the TV. And it was The Housewives of Atlanta okay. first. 
And so I just sort of binged it and I watched it about five or six shows. And my friend, not my friend, but a person that I know, Candy, and we're not friends, but I'm associated with her. Oh my goodness. She's not on there anymore, I guess. And, or she wasn't on these episodes. And so I was like, oh, but Nene was back on there and I thought she had left, but I was like, oh, I got to catch up on this. And then after those went off, then, because I was there the F a while, and <laughs> then the Housewives of the Potomac came on and I had never seen this or heard of these people. And I was just like, it was a, I don't even know if these were reruns or a new season or what, but um, let me tell you what was happening. They had traveled about two hours to somebody's house oh. and the girl had her boobs done. Her new body. Mm-hmm. She got a new body, boobs and butt. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so there was another lady there who looked older, but she is older. One, one of them was older. Okay. And then one of them looked kind of older and said she was 36. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Mia. But I don't know. I don't know anybody's days, but uh-huh. I was just fascinated with these women and i thought well who in the world are these people well you just said they are they're regular people or whatever mm-hmm. and i was like okay is it somebody's wife or basketball or what or who who are these women yeah, they were very before. very intriguing and fascinating to me and i thought what is happening what is happening? <laughs> that's so funny well much like you mentioned like nini came and went from atlanta and candy right that's sort of like you going to and from chicago going to and from waitress it's it's sort of like they come in and out of this world and give us yeah. what we need yes 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 <laughs> very very much so it was very much what i needed the other day which was to sit there all day long and watch from one housewife town to the next <laughs> Wait. i was just i was enthralled i love oh, this okay. and i need to know how are you affiliated with miss candy burris just because she came and took my job in Chicago when I was in Walmart. No, just <laughs> so she shadowed you. She didn't actually shadow me. Okay. She came they, She came and watched me. She watched the show, but she didn't shadow. She didn't do, come backstage at all. Hmm. Um, we went to dinner afterwards or once she got on. Because when she came there, I was at Waitress. Okay. And so one day I just was like, hey, because I wrote a movie and I was like, if I needed somebody to do some songs for me, would you be interested in reading my project? Blah, blah, blah. She's like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. She's really super cool. And um, we had lunch and talked about my movie and her life. And it, it was really cool. So, and like like I said, we're not friends, but I know her. We're, you know, yeah. affiliated. Well, you're friendly, obviously. That's so cool. I had no idea that you had a writing talent as well. Yes, yes. I wrote a movie and I'm, well, I'm writing a movie. I still have some edits and stuff to do, but, and, and they say it's never done, but um, I've been writing it for a while. Oh my yeah. goodness. That's so amazing. Is it an original story and adaptation? How much can you say? I should say. It's actually not. It's about, I, I'm going to say everything because yeah. I want somebody to like fall in love with it and tell me <laughs> to produce it. It is a movie about Mamie Peanut Johnson. It's inspired by her. And she was a woman who played baseball in the Negro Leagues with the men. There were three women who played baseball in the Negro Leagues with the men towards the end of the seat, toward the end of the uh, league. This is about her rise into the Negro League, her family life and love story, but it's also about the simultaneous demise of black businesses during that time period. So because of integration of Major League Baseball, the stars of the Negro League, which were the black players who played, you know, in the Negro League, started going into the Major League. So that audience left to go watch the Major League. And integration happened so that black people could then go into these stadiums and watch these games so they weren't held to just going to negro league games so they went to the other ones but what that did was cause them Mm. not to go to the negro league games not to support those hotels that those because those were the only hotels they could stay in now they could stay elsewhere so they did 
not support those restaurants, not support those shoe shops or those hat shops or those places that were making clothes in those African-American neighborhoods. And all of those businesses mm. began to de- decline and deteriorate because they did not have the, the concentration of, um, of business and dollars um, to keep them going. So the movie is about her rise into the Negro League and them trying to hold on to that that was changing and how it affected the business life. Wow. Do you have a personal connection to this story in any way? Or how did how did this sort of... I just love, I love base. I love, so- I love softball okay. when I was growing up and a little thinner. I was an athlete. <laughs> and I was doing a movie in 2009 and, and we, but the movie was called um, Sweet Little Lies. And I, my, I was a social worker who had to drive across country chasing a, a young girl. We flew to Kansas City, Missouri, from New York and then we actually drove cross country it was supposed to be the whole country but we drove from Kansas City Missouri to Las Vegas because that's where she was going because she thought her father lived there so we were actually driving I was driving from there to blah 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 (laughs) anyway while we filmed in uh, Missouri the Negro League Museum is there and on a day off I went to that museum and walked around one of the corners and there were these three women on the wall and I was like who are these women what is going on and I said, are these players' wives? Are these owners' wives? Or who are these women? And then they, I was told and learned that they actually played. And so I was very intrigued. And I was like, why don't I know this? Yeah. And um, so jumped on that bandwagon. That's incredible. Oh, my God. This is a story that needs to be told. I agree. Now, last season, off-Broadway, there was a production of Tony Stone. Now, Tony right. Stone was the first woman to play, but she was a second baseman. She actually okay. took over for... Uh, she played a year after Hank Aaron on Hank Aaron's team when he went to the, the major leagues and okay. left the Cleveland, not Cleveland, <laughs> just told me Cleveland, Yeah, <laughs> Indianapolis Clowns, Indianapolis Clowns, um, Tony Stone played for them. Uh, she wow. was the first woman to play second base. Then Mamie Peanut Johnson, who my movie is basically centered around, was a pitcher. Um, on the Indianapolis Clowns as well. So This baseball team was called the Clowns? Yeah, Indianapolis Clowns. And they were called the Clowns because, you remember, I don't know, you don't remember because you're too young, but there used to be the Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah. Um, oh, yes, yes. play basketball. They were on an episode of yes. Scooby-Doo. Oh, oh, that's how you know. Okay, good. They used to play basketball, <laughs> yeah. but they also did like all kinds of tricks and, you know, played around mm-hmm. with the ball and tricked you thinking you're getting and doing all this, all this stuff. So the Indianapolis Clowns did that with baseball. They were, they were the team that did oh, that as well. Wow. So they faked like they were throwing the ball and the ball was on second base or, you know, tried to tag you out and the ball was not or tagged you out. You thought you were out and they didn't even have the ball. The ball was over here. They were doing stuff oh, like that. Fun. So, so that, that team was that way. What is like a working title that you might have? Like, what do you refer to it as? I have Beyond the Mound right now. Oh, no, Beyond the, Beyond the Mound was one, but now it's Beyond mm. the Diamond. That's exciting. I need Candy Burris to produce this because, you know, she's producing a Broadway play this fall. Exactly. I'm going to call her again. She's got the money. Come on, come on, Candy. Oh, my Good God. Night. I'm so happy for you. All right. So we, do- we dove right into it. As if you're diving into the first base when you're, you know, running through baseball. Slide Slide it first, though. Don't slide it first. Just run past first. Mm -hmm. Slide on the first. This this shows that I'm not really a baseball guy. (laughs) Okay, okay. Natasha, would you participate in the Broadway softball league? I did. I did. I played for waitress had a team, and I played. um, I was a catcher actually. I was a catcher for waitress. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) <laughs> I've never made it to a game because it was always during working hours, but I would love yes, to one day. They're hard to make, hard to make. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, listen, Natasha, I'm wondering something we like to kick off our show with. 
Are you well? Oh, I am so well. I'm doing great. I am, um, of course, exhausted, but I'm that's just I'm a mom, so I uh, stay exhausted. But I am great. I had my first day uh, back in the rooms today, so I had rehearsal with Chicken and Biscuits today. Uh, so yes. I Douglas Lyons and um, Jalen Livingston is going to be our director, and we went around the circle. I don't know. There may, may have been seventy people in the room, and there were about twenty-five Broadway debuts. Oh in the room and everybody went around and told our story you know told who we were who we were playing and if it was your debut and 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 our director asked us to give us a word for the day overwhelmingly the word was grateful certainly there were other words but there was uh, grace and there was fire and there was charged and there was you know inspired all those all those wonderful words got poured into me today so even as tired as i am just going around there just thinking about my broadway debut and what how exciting especially coming off the the 19 months that we've had must be for these people that made their debuts today i am just i'm so well and if i wasn't well i i have mustered up that room today gave me the energy and motivation to continue to do this which is tell stories and and make people feel valued by either aligning with those stories or being the opposite of those stories or learning or educating. So I'm just so wonderful right now. I'm so well, very well. I can, I can feel it. That is so incredible. I have tons of questions just about today in general and also how you got involved with Chicken and Biscuits, but I'm okay. curious, what was the word that you gave? I gave grace today. Mm, I, love I that. felt like today and being in the room felt like God's grace, felt like what it is like to be un favored with unmerited limit not anything that we're worth you know worthy of uh, being in that room but because we got a gift from him we were able to do it so that was my word for today it's just everybody hoping that everybody recognize what grace feels like and that's what we're walking in right now the ability to oh. have lived have lived through this last year and a half i mean literally you know lived you know and survived but also to to come out of it with a job so many people had to leave the city so mm-hmm. many people don't have any way of figuring out how they're going to to make those ends meet and and just just grace we oh it was just wonderful today was just a day of being filled refilled and hopefully an opportunity for us to just be, to begin to pass that out and to seep into our communities and and into our world, some of the Mm -hmm. joy that will come from the new shows coming out. Ah, beautiful. Yes, that's so powerful. Connor and I often quote the show that you made your Broadway debut and we always say, look what God has done. Like that line in The Color Purple. Ah, We always say that. I do too. I do too. And that's what I feel (laughs) right now with probably what you are experiencing. Mm -hmm. So I must say, I was slightly disappointed that you won't be returning to Waitress as it comes back to the stage because you are the <laughs> consummate Becky to us, but oh, thank you. you're doing this fabulous new play. Doing a fabulous new show. Very excited about Waitress though. Like, I was like, oh God, they're opening on set. Can I get there and make it? Can I, somebody invite me? Can I go to the overnight? Um, um, but yeah, very excited about Waitress opening back up. Open it up. Yes. Mm-hmm. All the, all of that. And the, there's a couple of like tour people that are on the show Good. and, and a lot of, lot of OGs as they call themselves. And just that show for me was just about everything. Um, just about everything because my I lost my mother at the beginning of oh my god my debut that week that I was supposed to open my mother passed 
And but I felt like she was always with me throughout the time. And that that song, Soft Place to Land, I'm singing mm-hmm. to her and communing with her and sharing the space with the three women on stage. It was just absolutely perfect for me. Waitress healed me, helped me to heal, helped me to grieve, helped me to thrive. Well, always be a part of my DNA, my theater DNA. So I'm so grateful that more people get to see it and people get to revisit it as it opens back up September 2nd. Oh my gosh. I never knew that connection that you had to the piece. Yes. I'm so sorry for the loss of your mother, but thinking about Waitress at its core is about motherhood and the relationships between mothers and their daughters and their own mothers. And I, I can't even imagine doing that with such mm-hmm. fresh grief. Oh. But oh my goodness! Yeah, it was some. It was really just an extraordinary experience from beginning to end. Um, just driving down the West Side Highway the day my mother transitioned, and the sky was a sky that I'd never seen. Just the most beautiful clouds and sun and rays spilling into my car, and getting to rehearsal and getting that call that she wasn't well, and that they didn't think she mm-hmm. was going to get well. So I left rehearsal, got permission to leave, but this was like on a Sunday and I was supposed to open that Wednesday. And um, I went home thinking I'd go, just go check and come back. My husband was gonna go with me, but he had to be work Tuesday night. So I knew we had to come right back. It'll be fine, she'll be be fine. He'll come back, go to work. I'll come back, do the show. And um, she passed on my way there. And I Mm -hmm. um, still came back and I did the show Wednesday and um, there was a man in the, cause Greg had to come back. We had to get clothes. We had to get all this stuff and get ready to go back to, to funeralize her. And he was like, my husband was like, do you want to, I said, yeah, I want to do the show. I'm, I'm fine. And she would want me to do the show, all of that. So I did it. And then that Wednesday night and, and I was going to get in my car after the show and head on back down the road. And there was a man in the signage line. I love um, greeting the people in the line. Love that. It was amazing. He's like, hi, you did a great job. I love you. I met you in Boston and you were da da da. So I literally thought this man is a little bit, little bit kooky. He does not know who I am. He thinks, I, he, maybe he thinks I'm Maia who did the show right before me. Oh. I thought, you don't know me, sir, but thank you. Great. Glad you. Yep. Wonderful. And so he, and I kept going, signing, talking to people, moving on down the line. I wasn't doing too much talking because I was really kind of sad, just grateful to be there. So I got to the end of the line and here's this, here's this man comes again. He comes back and he says, yeah, you were there in Boston with your mom and you asked everybody to look out for her. And I immediately knew exactly what he was talking about. I did a concert um, five years prior with my mom. My mother had dementia. It was she and I. It was the first time I traveled with her by myself. And and I was in a concert. I was on the stage. My mother was in the audience. I sat her in the audience. But she and I hadn't been with her alone and didn't know if she was going to get up and walk around. Didn't know if she was going to get lost, get agitated, forget who I was. Didn't know what would happen. So I said, hey, guys, table 17 it sits my mother. She gets a little bit confused. Like for everybody in the audience to turn around and watch out for her. If she gets up, goes to the bathroom, I need somebody to take care of her. You know, that kind of thing. I announced this from the stage, yeah. <laughs> sang my songs, went on. So this man regurgitated that to me. And for me, it was the information I needed, the confirmation I needed that my mother was no longer confused. Oh, she was mm. fine. 
She was right where she was supposed to be. She was surrounded by people who would look out for her just like that last night. Mm -hmm. So it was, and then I was fine. I was, we went, I went back to North Carolina. We had her funeral. I came back and I did the show. And every day I got to feel um, connected to her by being mm -hmm. on that stage. So it was, it was beautiful for me. Oh my, I am, I'm speechless. Thank you for sharing that. I don't know that man. If he's watching this, I would love to contact that man. I would love for him mm -hmm. to come back. I have no idea who he was, but he was there that night, my opening night. And that he was able to bring that peace to you is so yes. beautiful. Yes, monumental. monumental. It was monumental. Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you for your performance in Waitress because, like Dylan said, we always felt safe and at home with you. You were unbelievable. Hey in that show Thank oh my you. god we came back natasha we kept coming <laughs> well, you, yeah we, it's the show we've seen the most <laughs> for sure we kept bringing in all these fabulous women to play jenna yes all these jennas i've, I've got about eight <laughs> under my belt i think there was 10 or 11. okay okay i seem like i had a lot of them yeah. did you close the show i did close the show okay i closed the show here and i closed the show in london oh, that's oh. right yes yes closing the show in london wasn't on purpose that was because right of but yes <laughs> Oh, now, did you re now you replace did you replace Kiala Settle in Waitress? No, I replaced actually Maya Wilson. It was Kiata, okay. Kiala, Charity. Yes. Maya Wilson and then me. Okay. I was the fourth, fourth Becky on Broadway. All right. Wow. Oh my gosh. Well, Yay. I saw you with so many Jenna's so many different times and you were so hilarious. And your number, I didn't plan it, was a show <laughs> stopper every single time. It was a really good one. Really good oh, one. Oh yeah. That's like Sarah knows how to write a tune. She did. She did good. She did good. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So we've talked about Waitress and we have mentioned that you're in rehearsals for Chicken and Biscuits now. What's Chicken and Biscuits about? Chicken and Biscuits is about a family. I'm trying to think of what I can say without giving too much away. Oh, yes. Yeah, we don't, we don't um, like spoilers. We don't like spoilers. Chicken and Biscuits is about um, a family and all of its many colors and dynamics and um, nuances. It is about love, redemption, forgiveness, acceptance. There's so many things, so many pieces of chicken for you to come and devour and share in. It ultimately gives the audience the opportunity to align themselves with, with maybe some biases that they might have, some ideas about family and who's worthy of forgiveness and it's it's a but it, but listen this all these things sound so deep it's a comedy guys it's a comedy so Ooh. i don't know that i'm maybe i'm i got the wrong idea but it is a comedy <laughs> it's straight play it's not a no musical but it's just an incredible piece of information informing life and informing relationships um be it mm. mother mother and child father and child grandparents and brother and sister and couples. So it's great. It's just wonderful. Oh my God. It's Norm Lewis and Michael Yuri. Now, when in the last 19 months was this production conceived? Oh, he finished it three years ago. I actually did a reading about three years ago of the, of the piece. They did a couple of readings oh. and then a production in Queens, which was in March of 2020. They had to stop the production because of um, COVID. And Michael Yuri, I think, was in that production. They did that production. They had to stop it. And now it got a Broadway run instead of going back to Queens and off-Broadway. So it's just, just been a whirlwind uh, rise for the production. But I think it's just because it's so accessible in terms of the information, in terms of the story and the love 
that it that it tells. And what theater will you be at? We'll be at Circle in the Square. Circle in the Square. Oh, love. Have you ever done a show there before? I've never done a show. I've only been. I've only seen a couple shows there. I saw Godspell there. Oh yeah, that was great. Audra's show what was that the, the the Lady Day. Oh yeah. Yes. Saw one other thing there. Did you see Once on This Island? Once on this Island. I was like, yeah. What is what was it? Once on this island. I saw Once on this Island. How many Broadway shows have you been in? I think six. <laughs> <laughs> We listed off all your credits, and I was like, I think she's been working nonstop since she was two years old or something. No, uh, like it's crazy. Once I got there, it sort of, it sort of, I sort of was able to stay. It's been, it's been a pretty wonderful, interesting, scary ride. Hard work pays off. It does. It does. Yes. Now we like to ask all of our guests a question about the beginning of of mm. their careers, or maybe even just their lives when they realized that they wanted a piece of the pie, waitress mm-hmm. reference, oh. that, <laughs> that was so stupid. Oh my God. Yeah, a piece it. of the pie that is the performing arts. You know, mm-hmm. we call it a ring of keys moment repurposed from the song from Fun Home. Do you have right. that moment of recognition when you decided you loved to entertain? Yeah, I have several moments. I have several moments. My very first moment must have been when I was about three or four years old, when I watched television with my mom in our living room and at that time, I lived in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And the, what I remember about Pennsylvania was watching the Sonny and Cher show. And at that time, they had a show together and Chaz would come out and just prance around and just be cute. And I was like, oh, he's little like me. I can I can do that. It was the Jackson 5 show or the Jacksons. Michael Jackson and all his brothers, they had a show. And Janet, Janet yeah. would come on the stage uh-huh. too, you know, at night and just wave and be pretty. And sometimes they let her say something. And we'd watch Angela Dickinson. That was a TV show. And I, all I knew was that mm-hmm. my family would sit around this box and be entertained. We'd laugh, we'd talk, and I felt us growing closer. And at, as a child, I was like, I want to do that. I want people to sit down with their families and watch me. And I want to make people laugh and cry like these people are making me and my family do that. So that's my what I what I knew about it and how I wanted to do it. I thought the TV was the only way. That's what we'll do. We'll get on there and we'll sing uh, or we'll act or we'll do whatever. So that was about three or four. Then at around 13 or 14, my vice principal at my school, Mr. Reginald Innit, uh, invited me to go and audition for this uh, community theater show, Razzle Dazzle. And right before that, my parents took me to see a show called Green Acres. It was like a gospel musical. People were singing about the Bible and, and just singing and stuff. Robes were flying and it was a spectacle. And I was like, oh my God, this is on stage. It's not a television. I can do this. That was that was like at 13. But my New York moment, when I moved to New York. Had I what I moved? Yes, I moved to New York. The first show I saw was Ragtime. I whew, remember going down into the basement. They had pay phones then. I called my mother at intermission and was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. I can't believe this show is amazing. So for so I have three little ring of the keys moments for me. It was just knowing something about this entertainment thing is for me and wanting to do it for other people. Green Acres, that show, I don't even know if somebody wrote it or if it's a real published event or not. And, um, and racks. <laughs> Lots of stuff in between, but those are the really big ones mm. for me. I love it. I love that you can, wow. you can pinpoint these three momentous times in your life at very impressionable mm-hmm. ages. Mm-hmm. As you were talking about watching like Sonny and Cher and the Jacksons, you know, <laughs> Janet, it's amazing. 
<laughs> well, no, but I was going to say, it's amazing that they have all sustained <laughs> career. I mean, you know, Michael has passed, but like Cher yeah. and Sonny's passed too, actually. This is getting sad, so maybe we'll move on. But, you know, Cher and <laughs> Janet, Janet, <laughs> Janet is still out there rocking it. And yeah. it's really amazing to think that you were watching them when you were three or four. And they're, they're like still yeah. A-list celebs, musicians, yeah. talents out there. Exactly. So when you moved to New York, mm-hmm. had you, you knew you were, you were going after the dream to become a performer, right? Yes, I moved to New York to get on the Apollo. And when I moved and I taught high school for a year prior to that, and I was like, I don't want to do this. I want to oh. go and do it. So, so did you get a teaching license and everything? You went to college for like an education or? You know what? I No, I did not get a teaching license. I studied uh, speech communications, theater arts, and okay. math education. And then I went back home and they needed a teacher so bad. They were just like, just come and teach and you can get your certification later. And if, you know, after three years, we'll make you blah, blah, blah. And so I did that. But I was like, <laughs> one year is enough. I'm not doing this. And what show did you make your Broadway debut in? My Broadway debut was The Color Purple. And uh, the one LaChance won her Tony for that one yes yeah, i played sophia but i was not the original cast so was fantasia in the show fantasia i had two i had jeanette bariadel i had kanita miller kanita played oh, um Celie for a minute amazing. and fantasia and then i have one more no that was it fantasia and i left at the same time so we we were out we were like Audi. they kicked us out shaka khan then came in for me oh really <laughs> yeah and Sonia uh love came in for fantasia wow okay i had two debuts because i went in before fantasia okay. so i had my regular debut and it was my Broadway debut so I was like oh I'm gonna we have to have a party mm-hmm. I had a party at then B Smith's I rented a limo my first limo and um, had about 12 family members come and go to this party and I rented I even rented a mink coat Crazy. oh that's I amazing nuts. I was nuts because <laughs> I didn't have one I rented this coat and I said oh no we have to do this I have to do like what I've seen and um, I did that but then Fantasia came in like two months later and then they had a big party for her so it was like great I had <laughs> Two openings. Oh my God. I love that you got to have both and you have to do it up. You only make your Broadway debut once. That's what I was telling everybody. And you did, you did a mink like Gary Aretha at the Kennedy Center (laughs) Honors when she has the mink. Oh my God. And Sophia is such an amazing role. I mean, she's a a true example of strength for Celie, you know, that she can come out there and just be like, hell no. Yes. Hell no. (laughs) Hell no. Yeah, my favorite. So good, so so good. Had you watched American Idol? Like, were you fa- familiar with Fantasia? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very angry in the beginning that it, the age I was already beyond the age limit. But... Right. What was up with that? What was it like? Twenty eight or twenty nine? Twenty four. No, it was like twenty four. Wasn't they it? extended it later on? But yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, they extended it later. Originally, it was like really young. I was like, I know. I was going to say, did you 25. ever try any of the reality singing shows? You would have been amazing. You know what I did? I tried The Voice. I tried The Voice, some kind of show. It wasn't a talent show, I don't think. It seemed like it was a modeling show. But they wanted me, like, they wanted kind of, or, listen, I didn't get it. And my mother used to always, like, make up this stuff when I was, she thought I was next. Oh, they picked five people. Oh, you were six. You were number six. You just keep trying. And da, da, da. you know, she would always, like, make up these things as to why I didn't get it. But I was like, oh, okay, I was, okay. Yeah. So then I got to try the next time because I'll be closer, blah, 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 all of that. So I didn't get this particular whatever it was. 
So I made up in my mind, oh, see, they wanted people that, you know, just had these terrible stories. And I just had too much confidence and, and da, da, da. Because I was like, yes, I'm fabulous. I'm, I'm, I think it might have been a fat contest or a oh fat. Goodness. Oh, my gosh. There's a yeah, P-H-A-T, yeah. meaning fabulous. Mm-hmm. But it also was a play on being big. So I, it, I think it was something like oh that, too fat for fame oh. or something like that. Anyway, so I went and I was like, yes, I, I'm over, I'm over, you know, I'm size, I'm big, but I'm beautiful and blah 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 but they wanted people like oh i almost didn't survive mm-hmm. and i'm really sad yeah. but this is going to give me hope kind of thing and i i wasn't that yeah a lot of those shows they want the, the sob story they wanted they wanted the drama yes, they, wanted they wanted to produce the it but i mean i could have been i would have been dramatic too <laughs> just sort of happy wow that's crazy you know what i don't think the show ever went because I've, I've never heard of it so you dodged a bullet no you have to Google it. <laughs> I didn't even put the connection together, but then obviously you had watched Catherine McPhee on American Idol, and then you did Waitress with her. <laughs> yeah, Cat was my girl. Cat was my girl. Yeah, I watched her and loved her voice, and then got to got to do um, it with her and really just be, I don't know, she's just so cool. She was really kind of down to earth and regular and, and crazy, and, and I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed everybody. Cat sort of feels like my, my Jenna. Oh, that's special. Voice of an angel. Who was Dawn? Because we obviously saw it with you and Kat, but I'm trying to remember if it was Caitlyn. At the end, I'm sure it was Caitlyn. All I feel like is Caitlyn's my Dawn, although Katie is pretty, pretty, pretty sweet too. Pretty sweet. But I I just love Katie as a person. Just her person is just incredible. Katie Lowe's from Scandal, right? Yeah, from Scandal. From Scandal. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine the whole cast of Scandal came to visit. (laughs) Oh my God, they did. They did. And I was such a Scandal fan. Oh, yes. Me too. Everybody came. I mean, everybody. Carrie, did Carrie come? Carrie came. Carrie and her (gasps) husband came. His name is Huck. He came. I don't know. That's not his name. Oh, yeah. Guillermo something. Guillermo, yep. President came. Obviously, you also were in Chicago where it's known. I mean, it's the White Sisters for both of them, but Mm -hmm. it's known for bringing in name celebrities Uh, to keep keep the gears turning now were you ever starstruck any of the times they would bring in somebody you know what i was starstruck one time in my life and it's i mean she's she's a she's a star because she certainly was a star to me at the time but tashina arnold do you all know who tashina arnold is Tashina Arnold played on the show martin she was also in the original um little shop of horrors she was one of the urchins and i met her i was doing the tour of cinderella with Victor Cook and she and Vic, she's from Brooklyn. She and Victor Cook are like brother and sister. She came out to visit him on the road and he called me, we were in a hotel. He called me, he's like, come down to my room or somebody I want you to meet. And he didn't tell me who it was. And I was like, okay, Victor, blah, blah, blah. I don't even think I put on clothes. I was looking crazy. And I went in and it was her. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. I mean like hyperventilating and stuff. It was, it was embarrassing. And oh, <laughs> my husband was there too. <laughs> And came in, he was like, hey, her name on her show was Pam. And he was like, Pam, what's up? You know, I was like, her name is Tashita. You know, I'm all embarrassed. But I was starstruck with with her for the first time. And because I was so embarrassing that moment, I decided I wasn't going to do that anymore, ever. Mm -hmm. If I met someone, even if I was peeing in my pants, I was going to be cool about it. And that would be my charge as an actress to just 
be regular with these people. So I've, I haven't been starstruck since then. I totally, I met Aretha. Oh, wow. Totally doing my cool thing. You know, mm -hmm. that, and I, and I met Michelle Obama um, during oh, Porgy and Beth, and it was the same, because it's just be cool, just be mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, if, if there was going to be somebody, it would have been one of those those two women that I would have been, you know, just uh, just a bumbling mess. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I would have freaked out. I wouldn't even know what to say. <laughs> I was looking through your Instagram, Natasha, and I saw, like, you met RuPaul and <laughs> obviously worked with Brandy yeah. and Nene. And it's just, like, all the, the people. It's just... I need to get so on that cool. Instagram. I, need, I don't do that. I need to go back. I will now that I'm working. I'll probably just do some more stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, I've met I've met a lot of people, and uh, Brandy was great. And both times I worked with her twice in um, in Chicago. Just mm -hmm. absolutely loved her. She actually gave me like little tools to change my life. This book she was reading, The Power of the Subconscious Mind, which is a little you know a little out there, but I really felt like the tools were helping me just. You know, prepare myself and say the right things to myself. <laughs> I am curious how yeah. how Chicago came into your life and when. Chicago came into my life. Oh, I think I was, was I unemployed a long, long time? <laughs> Candy Burris what, hadn't taken your job yet, so I don't know. No, she hadn't taken it yet. She hadn't taken it. That was, I got that okay. job in 2014. I think I did, I'd just done Showboat and somebody from there came to see it. But I auditioned for Chicago the day oh. before I auditioned for Porgy and Beth. I obviously didn't get it. It was terrible. I had okay. just had my kids and actually like didn't know how I had, had a C-section, didn't know how to breathe after, you know, the baby. Didn't realize because I'd never been a person okay. who like warmed up and stuff a lot. I just go and sing and now I have to do mm -hmm. extra stuff. But back then I didn't really have to do very much. And so I went in for that audition for Chicago and could not sing. Tried to sing the way I normally sing, but wow. had no breath and no control because because of having the baby, and how how my body had changed, I didn't a lot for that. The next day was Porgy and Beth, but because I had Chicago the day before, I was like, okay, this is what I did when I went in the room. What do I have to do to get my voice right? And so I I made those adjustments, and actually booked that job, booked Porgy. But had I not had Chicago the day before, I would have gone in there the same way and not known how to do anything. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. That's why. I'd have been like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it was, it, Chicago was really bad. So oh anyway, so I got Chicago by the by them coming, somebody came to see Showboat and it was filmed for mm -hmm. whatever, PBS, whatever that was. I think that was a mm -hmm. Um, Somebody came to see that and then asked me to come in went in our auditioned again or sang again. And by that time I was okay. I knew how to do it. Yeah, you, you knew how to do it. <laughs> and then I booked it. And so I went in for like, like Chicago gives you like really short contracts so that they can call in stars whenever they get ready. Yeah. I think I had a mm -hmm. three month contract and then I got like a year contract. And then I, then every year they would bring in somebody or whatever, but. um. And then they called you to do the NBC special last year. They did. They called me to do the NBC special and they called, I was going to go back to Chicago now. Um, They were so gracious to me when I got this chicken and biscuits offer because I can go and do something new and hopefully they'll have an opening for me whenever they come back. So now um, Lilius White is there. Icon. Doing Chicago. Yes, icon and star. So yeah. she won't want to stay too long. So, you know, you know, by the time she gets done or whatever, maybe um, Chicken and Biscuits will be done and, and we can just go back and... Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, yes. Is Chicken and Biscuits a limited run? It is a limited run. Okay. It's just there till January yeah. 2nd, I believe, or so. Oh. So get your tickets early and um, 
and let's you know make it make it make it come out with a bang oh yeah this is the return of broadway yes! this is the new the new works this is amazing and i did just put it together this is your reunion with norm it is i've had a Lewis. couple of reunions with norm no i met norm in um i don't know 85 95 must have been 95 i wasn't there in 85 95 <laughs> must have been 05 2005 about a five with dessa rose when was dessa rose we gotta look at that that was my first production with norm he wasn't my husband or anything because i was understudying swinging all of the women in the show except for LaShawn and so that's when we met but after that we did uh I guess Porgy was next seemed like we had another one in between that but Porgy and then mm -hmm. Showboat where he played my husband he played my husband twice though but I don't remember what show it was <laughs> you're so funny how you I feel like I'm always like I remember this year because I did this and that but it's so funny to me you've just been working non-stop you've had so many experiences yes. It, it feels like that. It feels like nonstop, and, and a lot of people say that, but it's not been nonstop. I mean, there's been some moments I'm be like, oh, Lord, what are we, how are we going to do this? Yeah, you know, all of mm -hmm. that, too, like everybody else. But it has been, it, certainly my career does give the appearance of this constant working thing. What kept you going in those moments when it wasn't a lot, you know, when, when you were, there was some dry spells or whatever, you know? I am pretty happy to be involved in, in something that connects me to my, my gut basically sort of burns churns dances when i'm able to perform so what's what keeps me when i'm not doing that for an audience is just doing it i do it for free it's a blessing that i get to pay to do it but i am capable or qualified to do other stuff but i'm really my happiest when i am sharing what's inside me I really, really am. So I, I know that this is something I'm always going to do. And it's something that I'm always going to get back to. I eat, sleep, and drink performing. I am a mother and a wife. And, and I do those sort of medium, <laughs> medium well. But I thrive, I think, when I'm able to share and give in another way creatively. So so what kept me going is the, the idea or the possibility that there would be another curtain you know, to come up. And, and so I just move toward that and keep moving toward that. The curtains will keep coming up for you. Oh my God. Nasha, I could listen to you just keep talking and talking, but we want to be respectful of your time. You are so wise and we are better for it, knowing that you always are looking for those next curtains and whatnot. Before we say goodbye, we like to end on a dose of drama, a little nugget to leave our listeners with. And I am feeling dramatic about something tonight. And okay. it's about... Natasha's new coworker, Michael Yuri, because when he was in Torch Song, it mm -hmm. was the performance of a lifetime. Mm. I was gagging mm. for Michael Yuri in Torch Song, and he did not win a Tony for that performance. Mm. I don't even think mm -hmm. he was nominated. Mm. And that was an egregious over mm -hmm. oversight, yeah. truly. The Tony stuff is hard. It's so hard because there's only so many spots. Mm -hmm. Because I think I really should have gotten a spot in Porgy and Bess. I agree. That with Mariah. But Michael is, is wonderful. Today, he's we're in this room. We're talking about all these. You know, the cast is there's eight people on stage and seven of them are black. And Michael is there. And Michael plays uh, the partner of one of the actors. And we're talking about all these things and these ideas that people have about black people or about this person and that person um, as we're doing our table work. And he is just so insightful today, just so transparent about, wow, he's like, I never thought about that. And we're like, yeah, you didn't really have to. You know, that was that's not your experience or whatever. And so glad that you're listening and open and moving in that way. But he was just very respectful, very um, open and honest, very ready to 
to give in the room today. So I'm very excited about getting to further that relationship and work with him on stage. I don't know if he'll garner a Tony from this. I, you know, I feel like comedies, I don't know that they even get looked at too seriously, you know, in, in, the, in the acting category or whatever. But I do know that we will grow, all grow from this production and from this story. Oh, I can't wait to see um, it. And Michael is, is, will be great, great in it as well. Love, 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 love. <laughs> Dylan, do you have a dose of drama today? I do. I mentioned this in in the bio that I was reading about Natasha, but I recently saw Natasha on an episode of The Good Fight. And I have to say, I am obsessed <laughs> with this show. I, I love it so much. And when I saw your name in the in the opening credit sequence, that was a brilliant opening credit sequence that they have. Yes. I was that so was excited. And it was an amazing episode. It was one of my favorite ones of the season so far. One. I have to catch up, actually. I got two to watch, I think. No, that was extraordinary. Just being in this on the set with all of those powerhouse people and just knowing the, the legacy that is walking in and out of those doors before me was incredible for me. I um The pandemic did has brought me a lot of... I've been doing more TV mm-hmm. since we were, were down, um, which I'd love to do. I certainly love the energy and audience of the live of live theater. But if you're going to be out of work, it's good to be able to go into another medium. So the Good Fight set and everybody there was just so professional and warm. And Christine was wonderful. And every just everybody was awesome. I was sad I didn't get to, to, to meet the other half of the cast that weren't in the courtroom with me. But um, everybody was wonderful to me. And Audra and is, is, is a dear. And uh, I had a great time. Had a great time. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Natasha, before we say goodbye, do you have a dose of drama? Do I have a dose of drama? I do have a dose of drama. I don't know how dramatic or how, it's not even current, but That's I. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. We usually just make them up. You mentioned um, Gone with the Wind in London. And we yes. just had so much drama during that production. The, the production was supposed to go out of town, play our out of town out of town, out of country. We played our out of town tryout way in London. Um, Trevor Nunn was directing it. So that's, we went to his home oh, base or whatever, oh. but it was supposed to come back to Broadway and Jill Pace was playing Scarlet. Wow. I don't know why I even want to tell this, but we just had so many dramatic things. We had a fire. Cause that's what I was thinking about when you said drama, this, that was the most drama, dramatic production I've ever been in. We had a fire <laughs> in the theater. We had a, a production that was four hours and 25 minutes. So on two show days, we had like 10 minutes, you know, in between shows. And that was totally legal over there. We oh had a God. band that was like get drunk and be late for intermission. Um, be late coming back from intermission because they were at the pub. They were like, leave the theater. This <laughs> we didn't have a, we didn't have a baby. There's a baby. The kids had to leave the stage at 11 o'clock, had to leave the theater, but the show went on forever. Now, not only did we lose our audience because the tr- tube at the time, which is their subway system, stopped at midnight. I think it goes longer now, but it stopped at midnight then. So the, and we started at eight and the show was four hours. Did I mention that? Four hours and, and 25 minutes. So the audience had to leave like in the middle so that they could get home. And our Bonnie, the actress, had to leave too at 11 and she left before she died. So her scene sometimes would be the actress on stage imagining where they thought Bonnie was because she wasn't really there. You know, if the actor was really there, we'd actually be all looking at her in the same spot. But because she wasn't there, we had to imagine it. And an adult would be reading her lines off stage. This this is drama. That's drama. That's drama. That, that was crazy. But we did that. <laughs> How was the material in the show? Was it was it a good was it musical? 
musical? It was good, but you know, it was a musical. Mm-hmm. Gone with the Wind is so long. What is it, like a yes. week long on the movie <laughs> channel or whatever? And so they just didn't want to cut it. And it, it, it was clearly, if the audience can't stay to the oh end, you, you have to cut it. So eventually, after we opened and after the reviews got back and we got slammed in the reviews, yeah. then they eventually cut it down to three hours and 25 minutes. But it was too late by then. <laughs> You were playing an iconic role, too. I was! I was playing Hattie McDaniel's role of Mammy. Did you have a good song or two? I had a great song. I had two songs. I had two songs. Great song. Um, it just, but it, it was full of great songs, and it needed to have, like, half of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we had- well, you know, Harry Potter did two parts. Angels did two parts. Maybe it should yeah. have been a two-part. It should have been. If it was yeah. going to be four hours and 25 minutes, it needed to be two parts. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. crazy. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that drama. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having it. And thank you for coming <laughs> on our show. Natasha, I feel like a better person after speaking with you. Thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing stories about your life and especially about your relationship with your mother that sounds like it was extremely special. Yes, she was really, really great. I can only imagine all the lives that you've impacted with your storytelling, being in Waitress, being in all of these different shows over the years. And I can't wait for this next one. And hopefully Connor and I will be able to see it and meet you in real life. That would be such a treat. Yes, please come down. You have to, you have to let me know. When we you will. Absolutely. Um, everyone should follow you on social media because we're going to get you back into the Instagram. Yes, they should. And I'm going to get back on there and yes, do and it. You're Natasha Yvette Williams. So my, my Instagram is yes. my whole name. If anyone isn't following <laughs> us, they should be at the drama podcast and me at Dylan McDowell, Connor at Connor McDowell. Natasha, you are a dream. And Connor, I'll see you next time. Drama! Drama.